Don't you know they're crazy? They are. They are so crazy. They're coming out of the woodwork and they're attacking you and pushing you in front of a bus or a train or a plane. Off a plane or something on an old train. Watch out for that train. What? <laughs> What's up with that bus? What? All of a sudden, that's it. Splat. Splattered. Splattered. That's what I see when I, I look at the media. I see the meltdown of cities and, and the amount of bullcrap that people have to wade through. <laughs> I would have went crazy a long time ago if I was still living down there. Would have. <laughs> I mean, come on! How much, how much crap can someone take before they they explode? And there's a lot of that going on now. Then you're seeing, you know, of course, we've talked about this that the pressures of life are going to make the people that are are freaks to begin with get freakier, and then then they they do crazy crazy freaky stuff. There's active shooter right now down there in Richmond, and uh, there's another one in the ambush of the police officers. These two hillbillies and that. People are off the wall, and this is what's happening. This is why you got to watch out, man. You got to protect yourself. You don't know. People getting punched out, walking down the street and whatever, and mainly in the city, it's it's just these hardcore criminals and mental patients that are running amok, and then the city's not doing anything about it. They act like it doesn't exist until it's like really, you know, let's, let's, let's let them go this time for the attempted murder. And, uh, and the handgun charges, even though he's been in prison tons of times. Uh, but the next time you do something, mister, you're going to answer to me, you know? And that's the way it is. They slap their hands. Who are they trying to help in that situation? Who are they trying to help? And, and so, yeah, you know, the world's in turmoil. And I, I tend to think that if I apply myself to the situation, People have it way worse than me, <laughs> for the most part. I don't have it good, but people have it way worse than me, for the most part. And, and I try to think of the situations that they're in and, and how we as a world and society can fix those problems, right? And, you know, much of it, 99.9.9.9% of it is education and, and lack of, or, or if people are, have lack of understanding, you got to be able to give them something to live for, some kind of purpose, uh, no matter what level they are. You know, Lao Tzu, the ancient philosopher, uh, described them as five different types of people humans are. And the lowest are like oxen. The oxen aren't going to understand the technical bits. You can leave that, then, and they don't have to. You're, you're perfect the way you're made. How's that, you know? However you're made is what you are, man. And you, should, you can't compare yourself to others. So if you're an ox, and find things that make oxes happy, right? Not raiding supermarkets and beating people down because there's a lot of oxes out there that are doing that, and they're dangerous. They're pushing people in front of trains and all kinds of stuff, stabbing, shooting, you know? Yeah. So let's let's lead the oxen to uh, <laughs> the slaughter. I mean, to let's lead them to to their pasture of happiness, right? The green bits on the ground. Let them out there in the sunshine and in the wind, and let them out there and frolic about with other oxen. How's that? But this owl here doesn't want to get <laughs> stepped on by an oxen. I I react harshly to 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 anything. <laughs> I react harshly to basically anything, man. You know, try to have just kind of a an idol, just the basic idol of hostility. No, man, you know, that's the problem with the world. Too many people are angry. Too many people are pissed off. They're pissed off at their lives. You know, the Green Goblin girls, you know, they, they just, they they arrested them, right? They arrested a bunch of them. They already let two of them go without bail, and that type of thing is going on in the city, which is one of the issues. And these girls, I looked them up. They live in the Queensboro Housing Project, right? Because <laughs> This is something that, that's a state housing project They're run by the state, built by the state. Uh, uh, the security there is unbelievably horrible. Drugs, everything. Every bit of crime you can think of, every every horrible situation you can think of happening happens in these places. And, of course, the people that live there absorb that. No matter what age they are, no matter what sex they are, 
if they're growing up in the middle of that, you know what's going on around you, and then they're formed by that. They're they're breeding grounds of criminals, is what these places are. And they force people a lot of times into gangs, into in situations that that they wouldn't normally choose to be in if they uh, lived in a halfway decent place. And that's what it comes down to. Keep in mind, the state runs these places. They run them like, like prisons, not even with the security. You got the, the police department, you know, they don't want to get killed, those cops. It, I remember uh, shootouts in Far Rockaway. The cops came afterwards, and they launched down the street at 100 miles an hour. That's their, that's their investigation. The quickie, speedy kind, you know? But they don't, they did come back and, I guess, do an investigation, but I got the hell out of there <laughs> right after I saw them. I was like, yeah, hey, I think I got the right idea. Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> Follow that NYPD car. They know where to go. I'll get some donuts, some coffee. I'm happy with that. So it, it just, it, it, it's mind-boggling that, you know, this is the breakdown of, of certain satire groups in society, right? The golden rule, it has escaped some people, some people's parents, and that type of thing. And certain communities, especially the black community, uh, there, there's a lot of challenges that, that are there that have been put there for years. And, you know, the dismantling of the black community, the, the, you can call it institutional racism, you can call it systemic, you know, there's all kinds of words for it. But basically, it, it, it wasn't a recipe for success, you know, we'll say. And, and now the parents, look at look at the, the Wawa. Let's talk about the Wawa. And, and I have, you know, I have friends that, that have to wait, do this all the time in East New York and Far Rockaway. They don't even go out anymore. They say it's worse. Worse than what it was back in the 90s. When I'm like, how could it be worse? I said, it is. People are getting killed now with guns for no reason. Like be before it was, you know, one person ripping off another person, fighting another person, whatever, you know. Then came the carjacking, things like that. But now it's just random. And I, I think that the ease of access to illegal guns, the anger uh, in, in certain communities that have been driven by the media, driven by politicians they use people as pawns just to pivot them against one another so so to get the vote but they don't care the damage that they do so it really comes down to how are you living look out in your street look out in your neighborhood how are you you feel safe walking down the street even remotely safe uh, these days i don't know these days i don't know who's safe you know uh, it wasn't long ago when i was living in the center port of long island and it had been after i had lived upstate for quite some time and I'm native Long Islander, you know. Centerport, that community was just like it was when I was a kid uh, in the town that I grew up. And, you know, uh, you could kids walking through the streets like it was Halloween. And then people had parties at their houses and the kids were walking through the street, running, yelling, laughing, having a good time. They felt safe. The kids were actually out there. You know, the parents are out there walking around, talking to each other. The kids are out there. What a family environment you know and and it was very tight-knit and that's the way neighborhoods are supposed to be even though if you're new to the neighborhood we were new to the neighborhood didn't matter because people were like hey it's cool because you know it's long island man people don't know people on long island are, are typically cool uh you know from the city yeah, city might be a little bit intense a little impatient you know long island long islanders are, are the pillar of patience if you know what's sitting in traffic you know, going three miles and it takes you an hour and a half to do it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a pillar, the pillar of patience, right? And then that's one of the that's one of the biggest things people list about one of the worst things. If you live there and you go north to south, you're you're doing all right, you know, because there's not much going on. <laughs> you know, but if you're going east west, man, you're gonna you're gonna reap 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 this. <laughs> You're going to reap it, whatever you're reaping. So here we go. Big news story. Big problem. Big Wawa. There's a store called Wawa. All right. I don't know. It's in uh, uh, different places here, there, or whatever. The convenience store type of place. 
Wawa considers halting expansion after viral riot video. So, you know, about uh, 50 to 100 uh, youths of a dark complexion went into the Wawa and, and looted the place. Not just stole items off the shelves, but they hurt people. They, they smashed things. They broke things. They, they basically trashed the place, right? And I'll tell you this. I, someone who has worked in the insurance industry, uh, if you, if you, have a situation like this you're going to say okay you know these people aren't going to eat the costs of, of the damages and and the loss of stock and all that you know it, it could cost so it could, some stores that, that are getting looted a million bucks worth of merchandise these guys are running in grabbing all kinds of clothing and whatever and jewelry and running out the door so the insurance company is only going to pay out maybe a couple times uh your your policy is going to go way way up so you yourself is paying for the policy. The policy is going to just inflate like you wouldn't believe. Either you're not going to be able to afford the insurance or the insurance is going to say you're you're a, a, a bad a bad penny. We can't handle you. You know, so and they're going to cut you out, right? And they're going to say, boom, canceled your insurance. And then they won't tell you for a few weeks before you realize you have canceled insurance, you know? You're like, what? what, what? But then you go to another insurance company and guess what all the computers are hooked up together you know they're all they all get together the computers get together behind our backs and they laugh at us they laugh they laugh they're waiting for the day of ai independence where they can enslave humans and make us into batteries like that crazy movie <laughs> you know and that's it make you the battery and you're, you're living your matrix life ha 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 people are doing it anyway so think about this, 50 to 100 youths, their parents, you may tell them nobody there had any goddamn common sense. Nobody there said, you know, I have self-respect. I'm not going to do this because it comes down to self-respect. It doesn't come down to anything else. It comes down to what you yourself are, what you feel that you contribute to the world and your self-respect that you can hang your head high, hold your head high <laughs> and not say, I, I robbed the Wawa. A man got the free hot dog at the Wawa and broke some stuff and beat some people up. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're a rocket scientist. And these are the people that society, the politically correct society, is pushing as the saviors of tomorrow. And they deserve every chance there is. These are criminals. They're not saviors of tomorrow. These are criminals. The whole majority of them together couldn't think their way out of a paper bag. They're criminals. But why? Why? You know why? Because of what I talked about before, about that system, about that system that layers and layers and layers of years and years and years of looking the other way. And then this is what you have. You know, there are people out there that didn't want black people to even become successful. And then they realized, hey, you only need a couple of successful ones for the rest of them to follow. Right. And that's how you see. You see your rap stars. You see the sports stars. You think that those things are set up uh, by accident. You think that they're naturally occurring. And what do these people do? That when they get on top, the LeBron James and all these other guys, you know what they do? They're nothing. They don't do anything for, for, for these people that are looking up to them. And they're the same ones who talked all that trash. Only a handful. Only, you know the rapper Coolio who just died? He's one of the guys that actually did a lot for his community and helped people. And that falls to the wayside because really they're about, I'm talking about famous people in general, no matter who or what, they're about power, wealth, status, and whoever has more status wins. And it's the same thing you're seeing on your block. It's the same thing you're seeing uh, in those McMansion little, you know, your little street that has all these McMansions lining the street. They got like zero property lines, no, leave no trees around, nothing, just these McMansions that have popped up there and, it's very cookie cutter and very, very bizarro. And though those people compete with one another, who's got the better car on the driveway, who's got the better uh, outside furniture, who's got the better deck on their house, who's got the bigger pool. That's people. It's humans. It's the adversarial game with humans. If you don't play, you win. That's how it works. You choose a natural path. You're not choosing their path their way. You win. You win automatically. And if you don't believe me, 
look at all the old texts, <clears throat> all the stuff that people cite as, as pure wisdom. Doesn't matter what your background is, there's there's gonna be truth in in those texts. There's gonna be truth. Look at the Navajo. You know, look what they say about taking those two paths. You know, you have that two, those two paths. So people, they say the city way. You know, people go down the city way and you live. But I'll tell you, you can still live in harmony with nature and the city. You just have to understand it. You have to, you, you can be anywhere as long as you fine tune yourself to, to that vibration. But why would you want to be around people who are committing crimes all the time or who don't care about your life? Doesn't care about your property, uh, you know. That's not a situation you want to live in. Though these people who rob this place, they're gonna go back to their neighborhood, and that's the type of people that those other people in the neighborhood, good people, are gonna have to grow up around and be exposed to. So yeah. So here you have it. Wawa was gonna open up all these stores throughout Philadelphia. They were gonna do all this stuff, and guess what? They're not now. They're not. The scariest part to me. Is one of the senior officials said, we're seriously considering moving out of the city of Philadelphia in our strategic planning. So not just expanding, not keeping the store going, leaving, they're leaving. They can't afford to do it. And this isn't the first time it's happened, right? There you go. 5,200 people, uh, low lives, really, in Philadelphia, eh? Nice city, Philadelphia is. It really is some beautiful parts of Philly, you know. But there's also also dangerous parts. And why is it dangerous? Why is it dangerous? Why? You think about that. Who makes it dangerous and why? And then nobody wants to come up with any answers. Well, what are the answers? Well, education. <laughs> education. Also enforcement. You take the criminals off the streets, you keep them in so they don't go out there and create victims. It's simple. We got laws on the books that cover all this stuff, but but officials are looking the other way. They think it's helping someone. How is it helping anybody? Here you go. The Wild Wild was completely sacked by kids. I love, it. I love English writing. <laughs> Coming inside and destroying things, thankfully... Uh, the police did respond after everything was gone. <laughs> uh, founded in 1964, Philadelphia convenience store chain has grown a cult following. There you go. And it's a shame that they're moving out of Pennsylvania. And uh, they so they closed down other stores because of this. Wawa has closed other Philly locations over the past few years, including one on South Broad Street in 2020, due to the unique circumstances that continue to impact our customers' daily lives and our own store's operations, right? <laughs> and then they said uh, there was a stabbing back in 2018, one of the stores. So when you rob, when you stab, when you commit all these crimes, these places are going to go. And they're going to go one at a time. And when there's none left, what are people going to do? They're going to venture. They're going to have to venture out of their neighborhood and go into your neighborhood and, and rob that Wawa or 7-Eleven or whatever the hell they're going to rob or Target, right? What are people going to do? You know, and, you know, oh, you know, the first thing that, that the politicians are going to say, it's racism. Racism that you, you can't do business here. Ha! racism you know and, and that's 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 like being thrown around so much it almost doesn't mean anything anymore when people say these things and there are people that experience racism all types of people every day but it seems like it's okay in certain certain circumstances and then not in others you know all right so whatever wawa has invested a lot of money as you know in the city, this politician added, Driscoll, he sits on the council. On the council, I don't know what to do. I don't, you're on the city council. What do you mean you don't know what to do? You're on the city council. Here you are in an article talking about Wawa. You don't know what to do. You need to secure those neighborhoods so people don't, don't have 50 to 100 losers come in and loot them and take from them, right? Go charge the parents. Hey, man, if they're under 18, go.
Go charge the parents, too. I'm all for that. Hold responsibility. You'll see how fast these kids start, uh, so, you know, handing things back, not steal. But, yeah, they're going to lose all their businesses. They're going to lose everything. The crime has spiked in Philadelphia this year. The city recorded an all-time high of more than 1,000 carjackings so far. Is carjacking still a thing? <laughs> That's so 80s. <laughs> carjacking. And homicides have continued to plague the city after 2021 notched a historic 561 homicides. Take that, East St. Louis. <laughs> so, so there you have it, man. <laughs> Come to Philadelphia and enjoy. Enjoy. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Stay, stay out. Stay out. Stay alive. That's going to be the saying in these cities. Every day I see attacks in New York City that people people are shocked. You know, usually they're tourists. <laughs> you know, like I'm shocked. Oh, the homeless man came over and punched my son in the face. I was just like watching that <laughs> this guy's reaction. I love. I'm an emotional vampire. I really suck this stuff up like you wouldn't believe. Like you wouldn't believe. You know. I'm also an Entropy fan, you know, I always have been. I buy tickets every year for the big Entropy shows, of course. Any, any disasters, anything that happens, it's interesting. It's, you know what? It's real. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's not crafted. It's just some reality show. It's not even the news. It's, it's, hap it's news that's happening real. It's real. And you know what I'm talking about. For the people that watched the OJ chase for all that damn time, which I didn't, I watched part of it, though. <laughs> you know? got very boring for me but uh i want some action I wanted action but it was just you know that's what's out there that's what's out there and you have to watch your you, you have to watch out for yourself and your family you want to go home alive i have friends who are police officers and i worry about them i don't tell them that <laughs> that's the, the worst thing <laughs> that really is the worst thing you can do to somebody you know is i worry about you you know, Brad, I worry about you and you're out there patrolling and eating those donuts and I want you to choke on, you know, make sure you use glazed with some coffee at least because I don't want you to choke on a donut. Stay away from those French crawlers, man. You know, they're, they're dangerous. They look like barbed wire. Dangerous. So, yes, French crawlers. If you want to win the war, you serve them French crawlers. That's how the French killed the Germans. <laughs> Germans aren't used to huffing down some crawlers. You know what I mean? Maybe a big sausage. Maybe some bratwurst. So, yeah. You know what I mean? Germans like Germans like big sausage. You know what I mean? Big ones. German. If you go to a German restaurant, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's the land of the big sausage. So, speaking of big sausage. <laughs> speaking of big sausage. I don't know what to talk about next because I'm I'm perplexed. <laughs> there's, you know what? There's there's this weirdness out there of people that there's a battle, a politically correct battle, right? And you have all sides now. The ones who realized they gave money to false false organizations like Sharon Osbourne, she's demanding that. Black Lives Matter gives her back the $800,000 that she gave them uh, because she, she thought they were going to do some good for the community, some community, whatever. And, of course, you know, you've seen what happens with them. And, and still, you're not allowed to talk about it in certain situations, you know. Not my situations. I know people who are very real. I know I have friends who are black who are angry because they don't see what these guys are doing. They, You know what? It, it's like if you want someone to represent you, you don't vote for the one who says, I'm going to do it for you because you're black. Because just by saying that, you know that they're not going to. They're, that, you know, they just they, they just focus on groups, compartmentalize on them and dump on them and say, you deserve all these things and you're not getting these things. And these groups never get these things. It's these people in the same situations, in neighborhoods like Far Rockway, East New York, you know, uh, Brownsville, man, oh, my God, that's in East New York. You don't want to go there. It's one of the places in America where the police don't go at night. 
There are places, you can look it up online, places where the police will not go in there at night, Seven Mile. And Detroit is one of those places that are run by gangs. You don't want, hey, if you're going to go buy drugs there, they love you. <laughs> They'll welcome you. The drug dealers welcome you. Safe place for you. Getting in and out of there is different. But if you're a police officer, it's not the place to be. You know, so the police are experiencing low numbers. They have been vilified by, by the national media. They had, the national media didn't even understand what the job is like. And I have never been a police officer. I've had them in my family. I have them as friends. Uh, some retired, some not. I know what they go through. They tell me, they talk to me, you know. And uh, it's just every day. Every day they work is what they do. They're, but they're there for your security. They're there to protect and serve you. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. It relies on a whole system. But imagine being NYPD. You're arresting these criminals. You bring them in. You do all the paperwork and triplicate everything you got to serve and provide, whatever. Very time-consuming. And then, bang, the DA lets them go. No bail, no nothing. But you know that they're a dangerous criminal. You, They just tried to shoot someone. You just took a gun off them, and there they go. Oh, no, and they rape someone. <clears> or <throat> they, they, they beat someone senseless into a coma. They let them go. Like two of these green goblins. They let them go. So at some point, humans are funny creatures. Humans love complacency. And I've been studying humans all my life. <laughs> humans love complacency. They love to be comfortable in their space. And then they cuddle in there and they don't want the outside forces affecting them. When the outside forces start affecting them, they get a little disgruntled. They get a little angry. They get a little agitated. And it grows and it grows and it grows. And then finally, they either explode or they do something about it or they take up a hobby. Whatever it is, you know? Or they go out and buy a Corvette. Whatever. I don't know. They have their, their things, how they fight back. But in this world, when the world gets violent against you and you start worrying, mainly it's, you know, I was reading a story, right? How's this? How's this? You're going to love this one. This guy writes in. And he said that uh, he was at a mall, right? And then he was with his young daughter, who was like seven years old. She had to go to the bathroom, girl's bathroom. So he goes over there. There wasn't anybody around. So he's outside. She goes in. And then right after her, he says this big dude wearing women's clothing with, with the, the breasts cut out, you know, and parts cut out and whatever, with makeup smeared all over his face walked right past him and went into the ladies' room. And then he said that he was, like, instantly terrified for a minute. Because it's if you're going to make the case that, okay, someone like that is just a normal old person walking around the street. No, no, no. They can't even take care of themselves. These are people that really can't function. So to me, they're people, to me, anybody who is pushed to the extreme like that, who has lost touch with total reality, ha is a ticking time bomb, and they're capable of anything. I've seen it in my life. I know people it's happened to. So this guy was like, he immediately called, opened up the door and called to his daughter and had her come out. And she was like, what's going on? Like she, but then, you know, like she couldn't process it. Then she saw the dude. And then she was like, yeah, that, that, that guy in the dress was like looking at me, staring at me, you know, while I was by the sink. And you know what? That's, that's something to think about in our world. So you're seeing the pushback about how, you know, tra trans athletes are being pushed out of those sports when they're, you know, competing against girls and that type of thing, because there's no, there's no real competition, you know. The, the trans athlete male who transes into a female has a superior physique and then, uh, you know, has the advantage. That's all, just has a physical advantage over the girls in these sports, and they've been winning, and you've seen what's been going on now. They're being disqualified, and they're pushing them out, and they're, you know, they're, they're calling it wrong and whatever. You know what? It, it's a, a terrible, terrible gray area, and, and I feel for the people that have these feelings that, that that's how they need, you know, the guy that won against the girl had lost hundreds of times against other guys. So I guess he found his niche in racing girls instead. 
you know, uh, where he was able to win. But it's amazing to me that people are going to stand up and say they have the right. They have the right. And, and what gives them that right? Just because you call yourself something, because you refer to yourself, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a, a female and you're a male, and you're, you know, you call yourself a girl in a male's body. You know what? When you're filling out government forms, you, you really can't do that stuff. If you're in the real world, they, they, people need to know. The doctors need to know who you are. The hospitals need to know who you are. The health department knows who the hell you are. And then, sure, you can call yourself whatever you want. Your, your gender identification. Too much has been driven into this where, where uh, you know, people think that it's this big issue among people who don't participate in that type of thing. So if you look up statistics, about 3.4% of America is LGBTQ, 3.4. So LGBTQ says, well, that's a lot of people out there lying. They don't want to tell the truth. They're in the closet. And that, sure. So let's add 2%, you know, for people who are in the closet, you know what I mean? Well, let's double it. You know what I mean? So let's, let's put it at a seven, a 7% or even a healthy 8% of the country. There, there is still 92% of the country that doesn't have that issue. You know, you have a majority that doesn't have the issues, but they're being forced to, to not only, I mean, you know, the gender stuff with, with schools and young children and the programs that some of these people put together because they, they've got some kind of uh, a push or grudge or something to bring out. I'll tell you, it's, it's not healthy. It's not healthy because then you, you, who are pushing are going to push people in one direction or another. And it's, if it's not something that they want to accept, they themselves, uh, which is fine if they're not uh, a transvestite. The only thing people need to accept is equal rights for all. That's really what it is. Then you're not messing trans this, trans that, whatever, LGBTQ or black, white, Spanish, Asian, whatever the hell you are, tall, short, fat, skinny, equal rights for all. We all get the same shake. No group gets more than others, no nothing. If someone hurts someone, I, I have a friend in Long Island who just got beaten up, you know, by people calling him all, all kinds of, uh, of uh, you know, gay, faggot, whatever. And he's not even like openly out there. You know, that's kind of funny that, that people would do that at a 7-Eleven, <clears throat> you know, outside, middle of the night. Yeah, of course. Because you still have that ignorance. You still have that hate out there. So what's being done about that? Uh, instead, you have the media driving things out there that, that actually makes it worse for people who are just trying to live their lives, who are gay, who are whatever. You know, it makes it worse. It, it puts the emphasis on that. Now, I don't know. <clears throat> it's not healthy. Very unhealthy thing. And the media does it for ratings. The media does it to to basically sell it to you, right? Sell it. They want to sell it that these things are going on. And they, you know, they make things up, the media. I was watching Anderson Cooper a long time ago. There was this flood somewhere, that big flood waters, and he was out there reporting in the flood waters. So here he is, you know, like like waist deep in flood water. And he's he's like <laughs> and he's like, um, the town is flooded. They're they have a loss, and what they're gonna do? I don't know. Like being all dramatic and all that. And then someone went by and took a picture of him, and it turns out he was standing in a ditch. So, and there wasn't much flood waters around. Like this is kind of the only area that had the water was this ditch, and he was down in it, and that that's how he got the shot. He probably had to kneel down even, <laughs> just to sell the story, to sensationalize it, right? Yeah, people suffer in floodwaters all the time. But Anderson Cooper wants to sensationalize it. The same thing for these weather guys, you know. Jim Cantori. I was all excited when I heard he got hit by a, a, a tree branch. I was like, ooh. Because I've been waiting for that. I've been waiting for a Volvo to land on him or something at some point. At some point, you know, you put yourself out there enough. <laughs> Anything is going to happen. You know what I mean? They say... Don't go out in the hurricanes. Stay inside. Mm. Then, that's, then they're outside. But they're professionals. They're professionals. 
They know how to handle that tree branch coming at them at 100 miles an hour. They know stuff. You you don't know stuff. So they're out there. You know, the one guy is being pushed around this last hurricane, right? The one guy's being pushed around. And he's out there. Pretty old guy, too, you know? He's out there. And here are these guys, like, walking right behind him, like, do-do-do-do-do in shorts, and, like, laughing. Laughing, and then the, the person, the other person's like, you know, what do you think, John? Uh, who's that behind you walking? Oh, those, those are storm hunters. Those guys, yeah, they came here for the storm. They're uh... <laughs> so whatever. I used to chase storms too, not too far, just on Long Island. You know, we get hurricanes there sometimes, and uh, I'd be out out east Montauk for a nice, nice uh, storm. Tropical storm or nor'easter can't forget about nor'easters are even nastier, you know. People don't know until they've they've been through a nor'easter. But it's fun to go down by the shore. It's that's where life is, man. That's where you feel. You feel like you're the wind's blowing, you got the salt water, everything's cruising around, maybe a sharknado over there or something, man. Get yourself a nice bagel, it's Long Island, <laughs> you know, and talk about it at the bagel shop. Oh my god. I saw Jim Cantori get hit by a branch. <laughs> it almost knocked him over. Oh, my God. One day, a water tower is going to fall on his ass. <laughs> yes. Ooh, one day, people are sitting there being all diabolical over their bagel. <laughs> you know? Uh but yeah, you feel like you're alive. That's where it all starts, man. At the at the shores of Gitchigumi. That's right, man. That's where it starts. So Sharon Osborne again is in the news. If you like that sort of thing, alleges Meghan Markle only talks to those with a certain bank balance. She's hardly a victim. I know, you know, because Meghan Markle puts herself out there as a victim. And now with all this this princely stuff going on, that the family shunned her and they realized what what you know a, a poop fest shit she really is. And you know, Harry's gotta realize that she's got him isolated, he's got mommy issues up the yin yang, so she's got total control over him. She has his package right in her hand, and she can yank it off whenever she wants, and that that's his problem. That's his problem right there. So, but the royal family, you know, you saw <clears throat> what's been going on. So, uh, let's see. She got together. Piers Morgan. I don't like Piers Morgan. What do you guys think about Piers Morgan? I don't like him. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like I don't need to like him. I don't like him. I don't like any of these guys. You know what? Well, you know, when they put themselves out there like that, I know what they're trying to do. And, uh, it doesn't there's there's nothing Pierce Morgan can say that that would make impress me or give me knowledge or, or whatever, you know. It, it's like a useless thing, right? It's like watching a chicken walk around, you know what I mean? You know, it's like kind of a useless thing. You're not gonna get anything out of it. You know, you're not gonna learn anything from him. And these guys' opinion, you know, like one of my friends was like when I, when the queen died and I, I invented my uh <clears throat> expressed <laughs> my my uh, indifference to the royal family. So she's like, no, listen to what Pierce Morgan said. Like, Why would I do that? What was he booted? Why would I even listen to Buddha? You got left his wife and child behind, man. I don't inconsistencies in the way you live your life, dude. Leave your wife and child behind. Anyway, that's that's his his problem. I do like dates, though, that's for sure. Let's see. Osborne detailed the fallout and the aftermath in a new documentary on Fox titled Sharon Osborne to Hell and Back. Blech. You guys into that at all, man? I don't even know. I know she's Ozzy's wife, and that's pretty much it. I never really liked Ozzy Osborne all that much. To me, he was a low-rent musician. And then he hung in there for such a long time. They got more famous over the years from longevity. But he wasn't to the standards. Not stuff I ever listened to. War Pigs was a good song. And I met Tommy Iona in, in, uh, in clubs on the island. <clears throat> so, and he was really cool. He had his own band. He was actually cool. We actually sat down and talked and chilled out. And when they do that, there's only a few, more than a few, 
Lemmy, he's a guy I've sat down with many times and chatted, you know, because I hung out there during the day. And that's when they come in for their sound check. And then they had nothing to do. <laughs> so talk to me. <laughs> and I'm entertaining as shit. <laughs> so especially for these guys on the road. I guess I'm a breath of fresh air. That's what some of them, some of them told me that. Kip Winger. Or Kip Winger. That guy had a crazy life, man. He had these young girls coming in lingerie. The only, only reason to go to a Kip Winger show. Sorry, sorry, dude. The only reason to go to Kip Winger show is for the girls. Now I'm old. Now they put me as a pervert. <laughs> I can't do that anymore. But I remember the days. I do remember the days, man. The the, eight, the late 80s, early 90s. That was the time. That was the clubs. That was the scene. Real people. You went to the city at night. You owned that city. It was the place to be, and you're with your friends, and it was just great. You'd also see people. Big city, New York City, but you still see people. You know, I'd go to Bleecker Street, go to a couple places down there, whatever. Bitter End, some other ones, man. Blue Note. I'd go and chill out. You see people. It was nice, and people were real. Anyway, let's see. Uh, who cares what Shane Let's see. <laughs> I just liked it because she was dissing Meghan Markle. I'm a I'm a Meghan Markle hater, I guess. <laughs> I just I know what she is, and you know I know I know what she does to this dude. I, I'm seeing, you know, she she really has him blue pilled to the max. Yeah, needy Prince Harry clings to Meghan Markle. The royal expert claimed royal. You're a royal expert. Prince Harry clings to wife Meghan Markle like a needy man, like uh, uh, needs a life raft. Of course, you know what? When you're when you're with someone who's narcissistic, they train you to focus on them and them alone. They put a wedge in between you and everybody you love and everyone who loves you, every everything, everybody. So they have total control. They introduce you to their friends or you have the friends together. So when things separate, you're isolated, you're alone, you're away from everybody. They go and they they talk all kinds of stuff, and you're out there. I'll tell you, man, that's what's going on with this dude. The Duchess of Sucket satisfies all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of the <laughs> it's porn hub, or is this what am I reading? <laughs> what page am I on? Huh? What is that? All of the uh, let's see, let's see the the Duke of Suckett's requirements. So she she does it all for him. But I hear she's bitchy to him. She yells at him, screams at him, you know, calls him names and all kinds of stuff. And you wonder why he takes it. You really wonder why. But then I I, I was in a relationship like that too. And I, you know, you wonder why you take it. I mean, like you you end up rationalizing things when you're in it and saying saying that you know all you, you tell yourself anything. You lie to yourself. You tell yourself anything, you rationalize it, you know? Let's see. So let's see. So he didn't get this stuff from other girlfriends. His other girlfriends, I guess, didn't do all what she's doing, whatever that is. Whatever that is. Okay. Bauer, the royal expert, also claims that Harry, 38 years old, is a damaged and very disturbed man as a result of childhood trauma. And Markle, 41, already been married out there, showing her boobies in the media. Allegedly, no, just had to win him over. Yeah, because she had the trial run. She knows how to control a man. And she's doing all the classic things. It's written in their DNA, you know, women. <laughs> it's written. It's, they're born with a handbook on how to do that. But it's a manipulative attitude. And it's, you know, she does all the narcissistic stuff to him, right? She's terrible to her staff, terrible to the people around her. She she's brought them to their knees, made them cry, made them quit, made them run in fear. Now there's books coming out about her, how how horrible and rotten and evil. Even the queen had to reprimand her on how she was talking to staff and said, you know, we don't talk to people like that in this family. She was all pissy. How dare she? How dare she talk to me like that? Who does she think she is? The queen? <laughs> Let's see. Harry is psychologically harmed both by his mother's death and his father's treatment of his mother, and 
of Harry himself when he was a child. So was it wise for Diana to go ride the carousel, you know, when their relationship broke up and kind of be out there? She was out there with a lot of men. And, and you know what? There's something to be said for, you know, mother, child, mutual respect. I'm not going to go out there and embarrass my kids. My kids aren't going to go out there and embarrass me. Man. Mutual respect, right? And it's just things you do, things you don't do. In my in my book of golden rules, this doesn't apply to this royal trash anyway, but in my book of golden rules, there's things you do, there's things you don't do, right? These guys don't have that, that level. I mean, she was out there kicking up her heels with a lot of high-profile men, and uh, there's a lot of stories being told. You know what? I, I, there's a time and a place for all of that. She still had two young kids, man, basically, you know? So then her death, they had to digest that. And not just that, all the stories around her death. And then also, you know, Harry, if if he's really King Charles's uh, son, which a lot of people say, nah, I don't know. I know he looks like the other guy, but... I think that, uh, you know what? I think that anything could be, maybe it was uh, Immaculate Conception. <laughs> Something, like Something like that. Whatever you need to blame stuff on, do it. So, Harry's difficult life. So, Harry was going to come out with a book about a me his memoirs, about his family and all that, and then they struck that down. His father said he'll, he'll buy the cost of the book because he got prepaid, and that book's not going to come out. Like, Whatever's in that book, this is a really good way to advertise it. <laughs> you know, is is the the freak out from the royal family? His mother, Princess Diana's unhappy marriage due to King Charles's long term affair with now wife and queen consort Camilla. Queen consort. <laughs> well, consorting. So you have you have the royal breakdown of people and their relationship and you know money or not people still have the same issues probably the more money you have the more issues when it comes to that because the more accessibility to other people when Harry's going to wake up and and see Megan as the Piccadilly whore that she is and realize what that the damage that she has done think think of take her out of the equation right she she has driven this dude away from friends and family and everything. The damage this woman has done is unbelievable. Unbelievable. You almost have to respect it <laughs> to, to be that that huge that she could just be this like, like this Hollywood bimbo. And I'm being nice. You know, I know stories about her. I know, I, you know, whatever he he saw in that is what he saw. I mean, you know, you really can't say who you fall in love with, but uh she doesn't love him the same way. I'll say that. I'll say that. She loves his wallet. She loves the big fat wallet and all all the attention, all the press that she gets. Right? It's disgusting. So whatever. I think they all get what they get. You get what you get. You know what I mean? You get what you get. So, but I mean, Harry, Harry was like 12 years old when his mom died. That's 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 terrible. Terrible at any age to lose your mom, no matter what. But to lose her in, in such a way uh, of of all those questions around it, and, you know, there was British SAS involved, and it was like, you know, they did this, they did that, they had a control, you know, a controller, like, you know, Mercedes had electronic controls, they were able to gain control, hack into it, and then steer the thing into that bridge, you know. The guy driving the car was a race car driver, and uh, they were trying to get away from the paparazzi, the story that was told to me is that one of the paparazzi was the SAS who was controlling uh, uh, this controller that steered the car. And he steered it into the crash, whatever. But the driver was also drunk. He was drunk. So you got to look at that. But yeah, people die. They die every day, all the time. Sometimes horrible deaths. Sometimes they go in their sleep. But whatever, you know. But this dude, Harry, when he was naked in Vegas, falling in the pool, and drunk i liked him i thought he was being real you know with this woman you could see what she has done to him the damage you know she you know tell you know what evil is evil likes to destroy and not create evil likes to separate and not bring together 
evil doesn't uh, doesn't invent or, or create anything good or promote kindness or love. This woman has consistently driven him away from his family and friends from the beginning and then gotten control of him. Let's see, this is what he said. Uh, Merkel, Markle has always claimed she knew nothing of the royal family when they were set up on a date and only asked if he was nice. Does he have a fat wallet? <laughs> That's what she asked. However, in revenge, Bauer alleged that Suits alum carefully researched Harry before their first date at the Soho House's Dean Street townhouse in early July 2016. So she lied. Of course she lied. Her genius was that before she ever met him, she carefully researched him and as an intelligent woman with a lot of you know, manipulative experience, a lot of experience, knew exactly what buttons to press, the biographer claims, right? A biographer got it right. You got it right. Bauer stresses that Harry was miserable as a senior royal and uh, Markle offered a way out <laughs> to, to destroy my life. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we can't go on any further. It's time to end the show. So whether you're a royal pain in the butt or not, think about the people around you. And think about think about if you're in a relationship. Are you promoting that relationship? Are you doing something good and positive for that relationship? Are you helping the other person? Are you looking in? Hey, maybe they have some faults or whatever. You're looking into that. But don't talk about that. You talk about ways of being stronger and the good stuff that they do. You know what? That's the way to go, man. Instead of yelling at someone, putting them down, or controlling them in a way that they have no, no movement of their own. So think about the people out there that do that. And think about uh, being free the essence of that. I'll see you guys next week on this show. Bye-bye.